0: Welcome to Jazz Piano Skills. I'm Dr. Bob Lawrence. It's time to discover, learn, and play jazz piano. Today you are going to discover standard rhythmic vocabulary found in classic jazz language. You're going to learn how to use quarter notes and eighth notes to create rhythmic vocabulary patterns. And you're going to play 12 classic rhythmic vocabulary patterns used For developing a sense of time, proper jazz articulation, and improvisational ideas. So, as I always like to say, regardless of where you are in your jazz journey, a beginner, an intermediate player, an advanced player, or even if you are a seasoned and experienced professional, you will find this Jazz Panel Skills Podcast lesson, Exploring Rhythmic Vocabulary, to be very, beneficial. If you are new to Jazz Piano Skills, if you are a new Jazz Piano Skills podcast listener, I want to personally invite you to become a Jazz Piano Skills member. Visit jazzpianoskills.com to learn more about the abundance of jazz educational resources, materials, and services that are available for you to use. For example, As a Jazz Piano Skills member, you have access to all of the educational podcast packets, the illustrations, the lead sheets, the play-alongs that I produce and develop and publish for every weekly podcast episode. These are invaluable practice tools, so you have access to them. Be sure to use them. As a Jazz Piano Skills member, you also have access to the Sequential Jazz Piano Curriculum now, this is a curriculum that is loaded with comprehensive courses using a self-paced format, educational talks, interactive media, video demonstrations, play-alongs, and much more. As a Jazz Panel Skills member, you also have access, you have a reserved seat for the online weekly masterclasses, which are in essence a one-hour online lesson with me every week. And as a Jazz Piano Skills member, you also have access to the private jazz piano community, which is a great way to make some new jazz piano friends. The community hosts a variety of engaging forums, podcast-specific forums, course-specific forums, and of course, general jazz piano forums as well. So be sure to check those out. And last but certainly not least, as a Jazz Piano Skills member, you have unlimited private, personal, and professional educational support whenever and as often as you need it. So again, visit jazzpianoskills.com to learn more about all of the educational opportunities and how to easily activate your membership. There are several membership plans to, to choose from, so check it out. If you have any questions, please let me know. I am always Always happy to help you in any way that I can. I also want to remind everyone to check out the Jazz Piano Skills blog. Whether you are a Jazz Piano Skills member or not, you can enjoy reading some additional insights regarding the Jazz Piano Skill of the Week. You will find the blog link in the menu bar running across the top of the page at jazzpianoskillspodcast.com, or you can just simply scroll to the bottom of the page and you'll see an entire blog section. I take some time at the end of each week to jot down my final thoughts about the jazz piano skills explored in the weekly podcast episode and hopefully provide you with some words of encouragement and inspiration as well. So be sure to check out my blog and let me know what you think. Your feedback is always, always welcome and is always very much appreciated. Okay, let's discover, learn, and play jazz piano. Let's discover, learn, and play some rhythmic vocabulary. So why is it so difficult to improvise? Why does everyone, when starting out, or heck, even after years of study, find it challenging to improvise musical ideas that sound like jazz. I mean, how hard can it be, right? I mean, you have a chord in front of you, and you have been taught to play a specific scale that goes along with that chord. They're a match made in heaven. In other words, if you have a C minor 7th chord that you have to improvise over, and... You've been instructed to use the following seven notes, C, D, E-flat, F, G, A, and B-flat, when improvising over the C minor 7th chord, because all of those notes fit perfectly over the chord. Which is another way of saying there are no wrong notes in that scale. It's foolproof. You can't make a mistake. No wrong notes. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a pretty good jazz deal to me. I bet this sounds very familiar to a lot of you listening because that is precisely how jazz improvisation is typically taught. We, all of us jazz teachers, love to teach what we love to call chord scale relationships. It's a fancy schmancy name that sounds really good. And basically what it says is that this chord goes along with this scale, or this scale goes along with this chord. And of course, this is great. This is great information. All of us do indeed need to understand chord scale relationships. Otherwise, we are left to simply guessing at the notes to play. And I promise, if that is your approach you're going to guess wrong. The odds are heavily stacked against you. But we also need to know that the awareness and understanding of chord scale relationships is only one piece of the improvisational puzzle. Once I teach some fundamental chord scale relationships to a student, I encourage them to begin experimenting and exploring the chord scale relationship, to begin improvising. Now, this is a huge step because I am asking the student to begin playing music without music. In other words, we have no sheet music, no lead sheet in front of us, just the musical sound, major, dominant minor, half diminished, diminished, that is going to be played harmonically and melodically at the same time. Harmony in the left hand, a chord, and melody in the right hand, a scale. Whoa. This is definitely stepping out of a young jazzer's comfort zone, for sure. But it is a jump that we all have to make at some time in our journey. Otherwise, we never develop improvisational skills. So let me give you an example of how this typically goes when I push, when I gently encourage a student to take this monumental step. So the student is in my office and I say to the student today, we're going to improvise. We're going to actually put into practice, we are going to apply our understanding of chord scale relationships. So we're going to take our C minor seventh chord and they go, okay, got it. Right. C, E flat, G, B flat. We're going to play that chord in the left hand. Student's going, yes, so far so good. Now, in the right hand, we're going to play the C minor scale. I always start with the Dorian mode, C minor scale, C, D, E flat, F, G, A, and B flat. The student's going great. So far, so good. Everything makes perfect sense. Then I say to them, okay, now you can play any of the notes of that scale over the top of that C minor chord. You cannot go wrong. There are no wrong notes here. Student's going, fantastic. I cannot make a mistake. Correct. So I'm going to put a background track on. I'm going to have an ensemble play along with us, I tell the student. We're going to to place this in a musical context. We're just going to play C minor 7. There's not going to be any chords that come before that C minor 7. There aren't going to be any chords after that C minor 7. We are just going to sit on top of that C minor 7th, And I'm going to allow you to improvise using the notes of that C minor Dorian mode or that C minor scale. Students going, got it. Perfect. Let's do this. So here we go. So I put the background track on, the play along track, put it on. And here is what I get. Let's check this out. So the student gets done improvising, sitting there on the bench. I'm watching the student. They're processing information. They finally look up at me and they go, you know, Dr. Lawrence, um, I got to tell you, your chord scale relationship approach makes sense to me, right? I got a chord, the scale goes with that chord, that chord goes with that scale. But I got to be honest with you, man, your approach, I'm just not digging it because when I utilize your approach, your chord scale relationship approach, I just kind of, I kind of sound like I'm just wandering, you know, it sounds like I'm just kind of picking out notes randomly here and I'm just kind of wandering. And I look at them and I'm in agreement and I say to him, I say, well, you know, you know why you sound like you're wandering? They say, why? And I say, because you're wandering. (laughs) Right? That scenario right there happens in my office almost every single day. So how do we define wandering in the jazz world? Now, that is a great question that definitely needs to be answered. So let me give you one. Wandering is when one plays harmony, chords, and melody, scales, void of any rhythmic definition. I'm going to say this again. Wandering is when one plays harmony, chords, and melody, scales, void of any rhythmic definition. Re-listen to the example I just played for you and listen carefully to how I am playing the C minor 7th chord correctly in my left hand and I am playing all of the right notes in my right hand, but there is absolutely no rhythmic definition. Zero to my plane and because of that I sound like I am what? It sounds like I am wandering, which is exactly what I'm doing. So the next great question that needs to be asked is well, how do I go about practicing rhythmic definition? How do I go about developing rhythmic vocabulary to go along with my chord scale relationships? So, I don't wonder. Well, that is exactly what we are going to do today. So, the agenda for today is as follows Number one, I am going to present 12 rhythmic vocabulary patterns for you to study and practice to develop your sense of time, proper jazz articulation, and improve your improvisational skills. Number two, I will be playing each of the 12 rhythmic vocabulary patterns using the C minor Dorian mode. Number three, I will be playing each rhythmic vocabulary pattern from the root of the C minor scale, the Dorian mode, and from the root to the seventh of the sound. So from C to B flat. Number four. And as an added bonus, I will be using two-handed contemporary minor voicings that I presented in the June 29th podcast episode to create harmonic fills in between each rhythmic vocabulary pattern. See, you only thought those voicings were going away. <laughs> They're not. And number five, I will be playing all demonstrations today, all rhythmic vocabulary patterns, using a tempo of 140. The play-alongs and the play-along tracks are at 120. And I highly recommend using slower temples, even much slower than 120, 65, 75, 85. Always use slower tempos whenever you begin to physically explore a new jazz piano skill. If you are a Jazz Piano Skills member, I want you to take a few minutes right now to download and print the illustrations and the lead sheets, the podcast packets. You have access to all of the podcast packets, and you should be absolutely using them when listening to this podcast episode. And of course, you should be using them when practicing. If you're listening to this podcast on any of the popular podcast directories, such as Apple, Google, Amazon... Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, on and on and on, then be sure to go to jazzpanelskillspodcast.com to download the podcast packets. You will find the download links in the show notes. And one final but extremely important note, I'm mentioning this from now on for every single podcast episode that I ever do. If you are thinking that the jazz piano skill today that I am presenting, that you are about to discover, learn, and play, these rhythmic vocabulary patterns. If you are in any way thinking that these skills are over your head, then I would say to you, okay, continue to listen. Continue to grow your jazz piano skills intellectually by listening to this podcast episode. The fact is this. All skills are over our heads when first introduced. And that is precisely the first step we need to take in order to improve our musicianship. We need to listen. All musical growth begins upstairs mentally before it can come out downstairs physically in our hands. So listen. Listen to this podcast episode now to discover and learn. The play will come later. It will come in time. Okay? All right. So if you have printed out your uh, lead sheets packet, podcast packet, the very first lead sheet has all 12 rhythmic vocabulary patterns laid out for you. And if you noticed, I laid them out as a like a snare drum or a drum part. So you can just actually see the rhythm, rhythm itself on a single line before we actually apply it to a scale. So if you take a look there at pattern A, or the very first rhythmic vocabulary pattern, you see that we have three quarter notes on, uh, in measure one, followed by two eighth notes, on count four. So the three quarter notes are on counts one, two, and three. The two eighth notes are on count four, followed by two quarter notes on the following measure on counts one and two. So if you notice on each one of these patterns, we have seven notes in the pattern. And of course, how many notes are there in a scale? Seven notes. So we're going to take these seven notes and stretch them out over the scale or apply the scale to each one of these patterns. So the very first pattern is three quarter notes. Followed by two eighth notes, followed by two chord notes. So if you were to count that, it'd be something like one, two, three, four, and one, two. If I put my C minor chord underneath it, right? It's not a bad idea to just practice it the, the rhythms just like that. Where you play the rhythm on the root, the entire rhythmic pattern before you try applying it to the scale. So the pattern again, pattern A. And then you see I repeat that pattern because if we're gonna play the scale ascending and then of course descending. So now if I take those that, the seven notes of that rhythmic pattern, that vo- rhythmic vocabulary pattern, and I apply it to the seven notes of the C minor Dorian scale, I get this. Ascending and now descending. So, quarter notes on counts one, two, and three, followed by two eighth notes, followed by two quarter notes. How cool! So, now I want to drop that into a musical context. I'm going to bring the ensemble in. I'm going to play the pattern ascending a couple times, then descending a couple times, and then an ascending, descending uh, motion. So, let's check it out let's see what we think and then we'll go from there so here we go Sudden, a scale doesn't sound so much like a scale with one little variation to the rhythm. And if you noticed, I played the scale from root to seventh using the pattern from root to the seventh, from C to B flat, and then descending from the seventh back down to the root, from B flat down to C. Now, of course, once you feel comfortable with the rhythmic vocabulary pattern, ascending and descending. Focus on your sense of time, focus on your articulation, right? So even though we know we're playing a scale, ascending and descending, and even though we're applying a specific rhythmic vocabulary pattern to that scale, we want it to sound very spontaneous. We want it to sound very improvisational, right? We we want it to sound like jazz. And of course, when played and articulated correctly, it does indeed sound like jazz. In fact, as you, you'll notice as we go through these patterns today, they sound less and less like scales as we move through each of the patterns. The other thing that you've noticed that I'm pulling in those two-handed contemporary voicings that we just spent five weeks studying, right? The five-note two-handed contemporary voicings using primarily force as our interval. So I'm actually bringing in another set of knowledge that we've studied and taking some opportunity to practice those as well. And in fact, if you wanted to, you could actually play play this entire rhythmic vocabulary pattern using those voicings. It would sound like this. Ascending and now descending. Nice, right? So (laughs) that's not the objective of today's lesson, but I'm just showing you how we can continue to pull along the data, the information, the skills that we have studied in previous podcast episodes and practice them in conjunction with the skill that we're studying today. Very cool. Very efficient. Very effective practicing. Okay, now rhythmic vocabulary pattern number two, or letter B on your lead sheet. We're going to shift those eighth notes from count four. We're going to shift those eighth notes over to count three. So now my rhythm, sounds like this. And again, if I was counting that one, two, three and four, one, two, seven notes, right? So now I'm going to apply the scale to that pattern ascending. And now descending. Nice. So that's all we're doing. We're taking the eighth note pair, the pair of eighth notes that we played on count four in the first pattern. We're shifting them now to count three. So let's bring the ensemble in. Let's place this rhythmic vocabulary pattern into a musical setting, musical context, and see what we think. Here we go. Check it out. Thank you. So as I mentioned earlier, as we move through each of these patterns, these patterns are going to sound less and less like a pattern that's being applied to an ascending and descending scale, and more and more like an improvisational thought, like an improvisation, improvisational idea or motif. And that's the objective. So now we move on to letter C, or pattern, rhythmic vocabulary pattern C on your lead sheet. and You can see what we're doing here again, right? We're shifting our pair of eighth notes that we just got done playing on count three. We're now going to shift that pair of eighth notes over to count two. So now our pattern sounds like this. Put the chord underneath that. If I count it. If I apply the scale to it, ascending and now descending. Nice. So now let's place it into a musical context, musical setting. Let's bring the ensemble in. And let's check it out. Here we go. Already here, that the wandering is disappearing. It's going away. We actually have rhythmic definition to our melodic line, to our scale. So the first three patterns, right? Pattern number one, or the letter A on your lead sheet, the eighth note pair, the pair of eighth notes were placed on count four. In pattern number two, or letter B, the pair of eighth notes were placed on count three, and in letter C, or the third pattern that we just just performed, just played, the pair of eighth notes were placed on count two. So now we're going to just shift the eighth notes one more time, and we're going to place the pair of eighth notes on count one. So our pattern sounds like this. If I put the chord underneath that, If I count that, one and two, three, four, one, two. And if I apply the scale to that, ascending, now descending. Nice. So now, as we did with the other, with the previous rhythmic vocabulary patterns, let's place this rhythmic idea into. musical setting into a musical context and see what we think. So here we go, let's check it out. cool indeed, right? We are playing with rhythmic definition. There is absolutely no wandering occurring. And as a result, our lines, our melodic idea, our scale sounds like a melodic idea. It sounds very jazz-like, very improvisational. We have rhythmic definition. What a difference. Now, we have just been up to this point, placing a pair of eighth notes on various beats within the measure. Count four, count three, count two, count one. Now we're going to play a couple pair of eighth notes, but we're going to follow the same kind of formulaic and systematic approach, right? We're going to place a pair of eighth notes on counts three and four in rhythmic vocabulary pattern letter E right, on your lead sheet. So now we have quarter notes on counts one and two, followed by eighth notes on three and four, and then a quarter note in the following measure. So if I place the chord underneath that, well, yeah, I played the scale. Let me play the pattern with the chord underneath it. There you go. Now if I count that one, two, four and one. And now if I apply the scale to it, ascending and now descending. Wow. We have some more eighth notes involved with our rhythmic vocabulary pattern now. And now it's really going to start to sound very jazz-like and very improvisational. So let's bring the ensemble in, let's place this rhythmic vocabulary pattern into a musical context, into a musical setting, and see what we think. Here we go. here, right? Vocabulary. Rhythmic vocabulary applied to our chord scale relationships. Amazing. So now we're going to take our eighth notes and we're going to shift them from counts three and four to counts two and three. So our pattern is I'm going to place the chord, the C minor chord underneath it. Count it one, two, and three, and four, one, and now I want to apply the scale to it ascending and now descending. Very nice. So, as we have been doing, let's place this rhythmic vocabulary pattern into a musical context musical setting and see what we think. And again, I want to focus on my time, my feel, my articulation. I want this to sound like jazz. I want this to sound improvisational. So here we go. Let's check it out. can i say right very jazz like you know why it sounds very jazz like because it is very jazz like because it is jazz quarter eighth note rhythms it does not get any more jazz than that so now we're going to take our eighth notes and we're going to shift them again we're going to place our eighth notes on counts 1 and 2 and quarter notes on counts 3 4 and 1 of the following measure so once again these are seven note Rhythmic vocabulary patterns applied eventually applied to a seven note scale. So the pattern sounds like this. Now I'm going to place my C minor chord underneath it. Now I want to count it. One and two and three, four, one. And now I want to apply my C minor Dorian scale to it. Ascending and now descending. Nice. So let's bring the ensemble back in. Let's place this rhythmic vocabulary pattern into a musical context, into a musical setting and see what we think. All right, here we go. Let's check it out. I love how to perfect for you. So, so, far, we've looked at seven rhythmic vocabulary patterns, seven patterns, letter A through letter G on your lead sheet. And in each one of those patterns, we've just taken a pair of eighth notes and placed them on counts four, count three, count two, count one. Then we took a pair of eighth notes and placed them on counts three and four, counts two and three, and then counts one and two. So now we're gonna add an additional pair of eighth notes. Wait, no, I'm not, not yet. I got ahead of myself. We're gonna actually split those eighth notes apart. So what we're gonna do, we're gonna take those pair of eighth notes and we're gonna place them on counts two and counts, count four, count two and count four. So our pattern sounds like this. So I'm gonna place my C minor chord underneath that. Correct. Now I'm going to count it. One, two, and three, four, and one. And now I want to apply my scale to it. One, two. ascending, and now descending. Nice. So let's bring the ensemble back in and let's hear what this sounds like. Here we go. Check it out. you no wandering. Very defined rhythmic ideas. Very defined rhythmic vocabulary applied to a chord scale relationship. Fantastic. So now we're going to flip our eighth notes, right? Instead of placing our eighth notes on count two and count four, we're going to place our eighth notes on count one and count three. So the pattern sounds like this. Place the C minor underneath it. Now I want to count it, one and two, three and four, one. And now I want to apply my C minor Dorian mode to it, one and two, three, ascending and now descending. Very nice. So it's ensemble time. Let's play this rhythmic vocabulary pattern. Let's play it in a musical setting, musical context and see what we think. Here we go. Let's check it out. benefit to all of this when you start applying these rhythmic vocabulary patterns to scales. Number one, it forces you to really know your scale, doesn't it? And number two, it really forces you to clean up and solidify some fingerings that allow you to properly play that rhythmic vocabulary pattern ascending and descending with the proper jazz articulation and feel in time, right? So we are covering a lot of ground when we practice this way. I know we're talking about these rhythmic vocabulary patterns today as our main focal point, but the reality of it is you are practicing on several jazz piano skills simultaneously, which is fantastic. It's very effective, very efficient practicing. So now, now it's time to add an additional pair of eighth notes. So now rhythmic vocabulary pattern letter J on your lead sheet. Take a look at that. You can see we have eighth notes now on counts two, count three, and four. Counts two, three, and four. So the pattern sounds like this. Nice. Put my chord underneath it, my C minor seven. I'm going to count it now. One, two, And now apply my C minor Dorian mode or scale to it. Ascending, now descending. Wow, love it. I don't even have to place it in a musical context. I can tell you right now, I love it. But nevertheless, let's place it into a musical setting and into a musical context and see what we think. Here we go. Check it out. Thank you. I told you. I loved it. It it sounds fantastic. Right? All those swinging eighth notes. Now we're going to flip it over, right? We're going to move our eighth notes to counts one, two, and three. And so our pattern sounds like this. Let me place the C minor seven underneath it. Now let me count it. One. And now let me apply the scale or the C minor scale or Dorian mode to it. Ascending, and now descending. Again, I don't need to hear it. I can already tell you this is going to be a fantastic pattern. So let's bring the ensemble in. Let's drop it into a musical context, musical setting, and see what we think. Here we go. Check it out. To the We started out today placing a single pair of eighth notes on count, count four, then we shifted it to count three, then the eighth notes to count two, and then the eighth notes to count one. Then we brought in another pair of eighth notes, and we placed eighth notes on counts three and four, and then we shifted them to counts two and three, and then we shifted those eighth notes to counts one and two. Then we split those eighth notes apart, where we put eighth notes on counts two, count four, and then on count one, and then on count three. Then we added an additional pair of eighth notes. So we now had th- that three pair of eighth notes that were on counts two, three, and four. And then we flipped the eighth notes to be on counts one, two, and three. So guess what's next? Look at rhythmic vocabulary pattern, letter L the last one on your lead sheet. Eighth notes on all four beats. Now, this is fantastic, but it presents a little bit of a problem because now we have eight notes and there are only seven notes in the scale. So what I would recommend doing is just repeating the top note and the bottom note of this scale. So the pattern's gonna sound like this. Place the C minor chord underneath it. Great. Let me count it. 1 and 2 and 3 and 4 and. And now let me apply my C minor scale to it. See, I repeated the top note. Now descend. And I repeated the bottom note. Regardless of whether or not you have re- notes that are repeated or not, right? We still have to play with the correct feel, the correct articulation. So let's bring the ensemble in. Let's drop this last rhythmic vocabulary pattern into a musical setting, into a musical context, and see what we think. Here we go. Check it out. <laughs> This has been an exciting hour. I've been teaching jazz, piano, and improvisation for 35-plus years, and I never get tired of talking about rhythm. And I guess the reason is because rhythm is the big dog in music. It truly is. And it's ironic because even with rhythm being the big dog, It is without question the most neglected aspect of music when it comes to teaching. We love to teach. We love to learn about melody. And we love to teach and we love to learn about harmony. But rarely do we spend time with rhythm. And this is sad because as a result, we end up producing a lot of wandering, aspiring jazz musicians who end up frustrated because They are playing the correct notes over the correct chords, but playing void of any rhythmic definition, which leaves them scratching their heads as to why their music doesn't sound like jazz. So do not blow past this Jazz Piano Skills Podcast episode or or take it lightly. Your ability to play various rhythms using various quarter note and eighth note combinations is crucial. If you do not get comfy playing quarter, eighth note, rhythmic combinations in time with a proper jazz articulation, you will never develop into an accomplished jazz pianist. You will never do it. So play the 12 patterns that I presented to you today using all 12 major, 12 dominant, 12 minor, 12 half diminished, and 12 diminished scales. If you do, you will love how your playing evolves and you will love how your playing will radically improve. So, as you have probably figured out, with the name of this podcast episode being Rhythmic Vocabulary One. That there's more rhythm study to come. And to that, I would say, bravo, congratulations. You are 100% correct. There is much more to discover, learn, and play when it comes to rhythmic vocabulary. And I can proudly say, we're just getting started. The next few weeks are going to be a lot of fun. I guarantee it. Well, I hope you have found this Jazz Panel Skills podcast lesson exploring standard quarter note, eighth note, rhythmic vocabulary to be insightful and, of course, to be very beneficial. Don't forget, if you are a Jazz Panel Skills member, I will see you online Thursday evening at the Jazz Panel Skills Masterclass, 8 p.m. Central Time, to discuss this podcast episode lesson exploring rhythmic vocabulary in much more detail and to answer any question that you may have about the study of jazz in general. Again, as a Jazz Piano Skills member, be sure to use the educational podcast packets, the illustrations, the lead sheets, the play alongs for this podcast lesson. And also be sure to use the Jazz Piano Skills courses to help you maximize your musical growth. And likewise, make sure you are an active participant in the Jazz Piano Skills community. Get involved, contribute to the various forums, and more importantly, make some new Jazz Piano friends. As always, you can reach me by phone. 972 380 8050. My office extension is 211. By email, Dr. Lawrence, Dr. Lawrence at jazzpianoskills.com Or by Speakpipe, found throughout the Jazz Piano Skills website. Well, there is my cue. That's it for now. And until next week enjoy the standard rhythmic vocabulary patterns enjoy the journey and most of all have fun as you discover learn and play jazz piano